0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, good morning, wherever you at on the globe. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way. And that's the only way we know how to do it over here. Located at 1533 North Norfolk here in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if you're listening from somewhere else, hey, you can call the number 8, I'm sorry, 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press the one button. We got a great show going on, you know, today with the cast from Theater North Play, Emmett Till. We got some of those folks in here and we're going to be talking about this incredible play that's coming up here at the Performing Arts Center here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you guys get ready. It's going to be packed. You know, probably sold out, you know, so go get your tickets and buy it and you know, become a part and get involved and things are going. On. People are always saying ain't nothing to do, ain't nothing to do. So it's something to do. You know, some place to go and get some some conscious information and history about uh, this situation that took place in the South with Emmett Hill. And Hat goes off to Dr. Rodney Clark and Maybelle Wallace, you know, for putting this on together. We got to support our black entities and situations. We, we got to invest in it. We can't afford not to. So we want you to do that. Also, uh, we're taking donations over here, Eaton Media Services, like I said, located 1533 North Norfolk. We're trying to take the, uh, the Juice Radio Show to New York to the Breakfast Club. So some of y'all know about the Breakfast Club. We took them to Atlanta a few few months ago, and we went to Tyler Perry Studios, and we went to, uh, uh, where else did we go? We went to a bunch of places, CNN News, Radio 1, Ricky Smiley Show. And I took them all down there, and we just had a great time investing into our youth. So this year, we're looking towards the summertime when they're out of school, taking them to New York to the breakfast club. You know, and then we got some other places we're going to be trying to take them, Google, you know, where the Google office is and things like that. So I believe investing into our youth and raising the funds and doing things to to help us because we tell our stories our way here on the Bobby Eaton Show and Eden Media Services launching a whole lot of other radio broadcasts. I've got the Valley Vale Morning Show. Are they funny? Early in the morning, seven to nine o'clock. Uh, we got uh, Vanessa Hall Harper, which you guys just listened to just a minute ago. Her show. We've got uh World One Development with Charles and Damali, uh, Charles Harper and Damali Wilson. Uh, what else we got? We got Prima Donna. She has a show on uh, empowering women. Uh, we just got Richard Baxter and his crew comes on Sunday night. They call a night shift. So we got a lot of different shows and a lot of different people. I believe investing into the community, putting it in, be about it. Don't just talk about it. So that's something that we must do, you know, and some of that takes uh, funding. Some of that takes commitment, uh, just volunteers and everything. So we're just trying to bring Our people together, because there's a lot of uh, division and hate and animosity in the community. And this person want to do it this way. This person want to do it that way. And we need to get back to loving each other, you know, like it used to be back in the day when a community, it took a village to raise a child. So we need to get back to that, you know, and start teaching our young people about it, passing the history down, because that's that doesn't happen every other race. They can keep their history and pass their history to their kids and everything. But, you know, black folks, we got to get back to doing that, you know, sharing that history. I know uh, Maybelle knows a whole lot about the history of North Tulsa, as well as my father, Bobby Eaton Sr. And some of the elders, you know, go, go up to them, to these people. Ask them some questions, you know, just really ask them so you'll know, so you'll be informed. I was blessed enough to be knowing about it all because I listened to the elders. They told me all the stories. So how can you know where you're going if you don't know where you come from? So that's something we want to encourage our young people to seek out and our elders to give that information and not be afraid to give it. You know, so that's something right there. Well, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to bring back the cast from the theater North play Emmett till. So we're going to do that. So stick around and uh, we'll be right back, okay?
0: We belong together
1: And you know that
0: I'm right Yeah, yeah Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? Said we'd be forever, baby Said it never oh yes how could you love me and leave me and never say goodbye when i can't sleep at night without holding you tight girl each time i try i just break down and cry pain in my head oh, i would rather be dead Spending I belong to you, come to the end of the road, oh, can't let you go, it's unnatural, you belong to me, I belong to you.
1: Show where we tell our stories Our way and in the studio We've got Maybell Wallace how are we doing Maybell
2: doing fine
1: doing fine Great so we Got this great famous play Taking place the face of Emmett Till and uh, It's going to take place At the Performing Arts Center right Right and that's what March 1st
2: March 1st at 3 o'clock p.m. in the Liddy Dunges Theater March 8th uh, uh, in the Little Dungeons Theater at 3 o'clock.
3: At 3 o'clock.
2: And March 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. in the Little Dungeons Theater. Mm-hmm. We have three performances. Oh, man.
1: Sounds like it's going to be great. I've been getting a lot of buzz over here at the radio station about it. People are asking about it. Matter of fact, I need some more flyers because I didn't pass them all out. Okay. And uh, we're just, everybody's getting
3: excited about this play.
2: We're excited as well. I spoke with David Barr the Third Thursday, who is one of the authors of this play, and he was excited about uh mm-hmm. theater North producing the Face of Emmett Hill. In fact, he wants to attend if he's able to, so uh he may be calling today. I'm not sure okay but uh, I told him that we would be on the radio.
4: Right.
2: And we have uh, some new people working with us. We Who excited. you got with you? Well, today, well, we've got 15 people in the cast. But today we have uh, Almy Stutz and also Maurice Walker and Rob Lee. Rob Lee is veteran with theater. Yeah, I know.
1: No, He's he been around but, for a
2: while. But Mrs. Stutz. Uh, in fact, have you ever heard of Stutz Barbecue? Oh, of course. Well, she's the owner of Stutz Barbecue. Yeah, who
1: don't know if you're in Tulsa and Black Tulsa, you know, you know about Stutz Barbecue.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, for sure. She's gonna be uh, portraying mm-hmm. the grandmother of Emma mm-hmm. Till and mm-hmm. also Maurice Walker. Mm-hmm. He is the assistant principal of McLean High School. Oh, McLean, huh? Okay. I thought I, I thought I recognized your face. He's mm-hmm. gonna yeah. be Uncle Mo. Uncle is okay. right. And Rob Lee is uh the stepfather of well the grandfather of uh Emmett Till and the the, the stepfather of uh Mamie Till, Emmett Till's mother. Mm-hmm. So this is the cast that we have here today.
1: Okay, well great.
2: You guys, welcome to the show, okay? How are you all
1: doing today? Just for everybody. Great. Doing fine. Great, great, great. Glad you came. so let's talk about uh, some of the what how I want to say it. Some of the parts that you're playing, you know, because I know being an actor, actress, that's very difficult. You got to remember a whole lot of lines and and be on cue and be on point. to you right, Maybell? Right. And um, yeah.
2: Well, I really would uh would like to thank all of the volunteer actors that are participating. They're very busy. And, of course, Sansa Ray, who works with you, is uh in uh Texas right now, and she is playing the part of Till's mother and uh she's taking time out of her busy schedule to participate and all of these people are, are very busy uh Dr. Clark, of course, he's the director he wasn't able to attend today because he had to be in another city with another group of people doing uh, something in McAllister, Oklahoma. So uh, these people are dedicated to what they're doing, and we would like for the community to come out and support us. In fact, this play is a dynamic play. And uh, the white woman that claimed uh, Emmett harassed her She's still alive. Well, maybe she might not be alive. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a long time ago, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But a couple of years ago, she confessed to lying. Mm -hmm. She confessed to telling a lie about this kid. Well, yeah. Tell us the story. Well, the story is about about a young boy going to the grocery store. And uh, I understand he whistled the lady. And then she went and told her husband, I don't know what she told her husband, you have to come to the show, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'll let some of the cast tell you something about the play.
1: Great, great.
2: All right, you guys, introduce yourselves and uh, uh, let's talk about it a little
1: bit, okay?
5: Okay, uh, certainly want to thank you, Bobby, for giving us an opportunity to come down and talk to you and the community about this play. It is a fantastic play that Theater North is putting on. Uh, I'm playing a part of Mose Wright. Mose Wright is the uncle of Emmett Till. He's a very strong black man at a time when a large segment of America, particularly white America, frowned on black men being strong. He was very strong within his family. He was a strong man within his community. In fact, he was a preacher man. And it was a it was a very difficult situation for him being strong within the family, but at the same time having to bow down to the larger community, that is the white community in Money, Mississippi. And while he was very strong among, with his sister and, and certainly with Emmett and, and others uh, uh, in the family, it was um, a very difficult situation for him to have to bow down like he had to bow down as all uh, black men and black folks had to do during this time in the fifties in very racist uh, Mississippi. So um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a paradox in that while he portrays himself and he comes off certainly in the play as being a strong brother, but at the same time there are scenes in the play that you know folks who who would uh, would come and uh, and witness it will see where. He, you know, has to have the the bowed-down head, uh, the lack of eye contact, yes, sir, no, sir, that kind of thing. And it's, it's it's extremely demeaning, but at the same time, it was a sign of the times in America and certainly in Mississippi.
6: Okay, great, great, right, great, great, right. great. Yes, again, I am Rob Lee, and I'm very excited about playing Henry Spillman for the second time. I did it first time when Theater North did The Face of Emmett Till. Henry Spearman, again, is Mamie's stepfather and Emmett Till's grandfather. Play a smaller role, but again, it's still very important. He is one that's trying to hold up the family at that time and hold up Mamie, again, considering the timing. And he's also strong in that he's. The time was 1955 with Courts Window. That's about the time when Rosa Parks came to, to head and she was tired. And Henry Spearman is tired of a lot of it, too, as well. So, again, he's there to support the family, as most black men did at that time, being the stepfather and being the grandfather.
1: Great, great, great. Face of Emmett Till. Ms. Stutz, what part are you playing there?
4: I'm playing the grandmother of Emmett Till. Mm -hmm. I play the part of naming his mother's mother.
1: Oh, his mother's mother, huh?
4: Yes. Yeah. And in this role, she is a strong lady that tries to protect her daughter and help her daughter in a way that she can, and she supports her. And during that time, of course, she had moved. Mm -hmm. She had left Mississippi in order that her daughter would have a better life Mm -hmm. than she had had. Mm -hmm. And in the process of that, her daughter, Mamie, was also trying to raise her son Emmett so that he Would be able to fulfill His dreams and be more successful mm-hmm. Than other family Members had been Okay
1: great 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 I think we got Sansa Ray on the line Right here we're gonna find out Let's see let's go to the phone lines and get her Included right. in uh, the process Right here 918-939 You're on the Bobby Eaton show
7: Bobby, is not San Ray, it's Rodney Clark. How you doing? Okay, it's Rodney, huh?
1: Okay, yes, how sir. you doing? I just
7: wanted to, I'm doing okay. I just want to take a minute to uh, thank Theater North for the opportunity to bring Emmett yeah. Till you know, to Tulsa, as well as to uh, congratulate the cast on doing such a wonderful job. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there today. I'm in McAllister at a speech and drama tournament. However, I do want to uh, encourage everybody to come to see the production. It is a great show with a multiracial cast, and I'm just excited about being a part of it.
1: Well, man, hey, you've done a great job. I'm glad you brought this play to Tulsa. Uh, Much-needed play, much-needed history and information. And, you know, I'm always a fan of you guys, Theater North, you and Maybell and them and everything that you guys do over there. You know, so continue on doing what you're doing, Rodney.
7: I appreciate that, Bobby. And I, I appreciate uh, Mr. Walker and Rob Lee and Miss Stutz for stepping in and, and talking about it. And uh, hopefully we'll get a, a lot of people out there. And I, I appreciate the opportunity. And I'm glad and excited about the things you're doing in our community, Bobby. You know, with oh, the you. 89.9 and the blog radio, you're doing a great job, man. We appreciate your support.
1: Well, thank you, man. I believe uh, information is power and communications is at the top of my list because we got to communicate with each other.
7: Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Rodney, for calling in. That's Dr. Rodney Clark, director of the face of Emmett Till. And And uh, let's see what we got. I think we got Sansa Ray right here. Let's see. Hello,
8: <laughs> Sansa Ray, is it you? I think it is. Hello? Can you hear me?
9: Yeah. Hello? I can hear you. Yeah. Yes.
8: Hey. All right. How are you doing? Hello, Bobby mm-hmm. I'm doing fine. Hello, Bobby Eaton
1: show. And hello, my face of image Hill family. What's going on, y'all? Good morning, sister. Hey. Hello.
8: I'm good. <laughs> hey, Con- okay.
1: Concero, you know, Concero, you know you're my co host here on the Bobby Eaton show. And uh you're all right. acting and you've been with Theatre and in several plays. What do you feel is different this time playing this part right here,
8: Bobby? I feel like the weight of the spirit of Mamie Jill Bradley Mobley is in my heart and my soul. This, 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 I'm just how can I say? It's just such an honor to even to even be a part of this play. It's so important, and even though it took place in the year of 1955 the things that transpired are still happening today in 2020 so i encourage everyone everyone that's listening bring your your young your young children not your bring your teens cuz you know it can be a little hard for, for the younger ones but these are our plays and this play is so dynamic and needs to be expressed and felt and seen by all as you know we've got Next year, coming up, we've got the uh, Black Wall Street Massacre that, that took place right there in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as, uh, as Abraham was saying, you know, back then, we as black folk, we had to humble ourselves in certain situations. But Mamie, Mamie was a strong woman, and she expresses that when she's uh, in the courtroom describing what happened. And, 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 and the conversations that she has with her mother, it's just a very, very strong uh, play. I've been playing about it, and I can honestly say I actually feel like a part of her spirit is, is becoming a part of me while I'm on that stage. And I'm just, it's just an honor. It's an honor to work with everyone that's in the play and, of course, Dr. Clark. I'm still uh, on the road. That's probably why I'm sounding a little <laughs> crazy because I'm trying to drive around. Yeah, all you, you sound like you're like in the car. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. <laughs> I haven't quite made it to, uh, I haven't quite made it to Plano yet, but I'm maybe about 15, 20 minutes away. But mm-hmm. I wanted to call in, say hey to everybody, and, Bobby, you know I'll be back there with you. I already know. You know how we roll.
1: You know. you know hey, I think maybe I wanted to say something <laughs> right quick. Dr. Ray, I spoke okay. with David Barr, the,
2: one of the playwrights of, of Space of M.P.E.L. and he wants to talk to you about, uh, about Mamie. Uh, and you're right, he said, uh, every time this play is done, the mother's Generally, the people that played the part of of Mamie, uh, her spirit is in this play. She wrote this play out of the spirit. And of course, he uh, helped her. But uh, hopefully, next week, you'll get to talk to uh, one of the authors, uh, you and Dr. Clark. Oh, that would be wonderful
8: because it would be so powerful. For me to speak to someone who is actually knows her, who actually has been around us some time, and is a part of this play that, that, that helped write this play. So I, uh, oh, this is the Pope.
2: well, we'll get we'll get okay. you in touch when we see you.
8: <laughs> okay, most definitely, most definitely. I love to everybody. Shout out to everybody, and I'll be back next Saturday. Keep tuned in, eighty nine point nine KBLV. Black
1: on Black Radio in the community. All right, Tonsery. You know we love you over here. Okay? We
8: love you, too. All right. Love All right. you, too.
1: Great, great. Hey, one of the people who are on the cast of the play. Now, Maybell, you and Rodney talked about this play. How long ago were you? did you decide, well, in March we're going to do this play? When well, was it? it? When did it pop up in you guys' head to do
2: this play? Well, uh, a year ago, of course. We have to plan our seasons a year ahead of time, and uh, the first time we did the play uh, in nineteen twelve, we did it in a very small theater, and it was sold out. People couldn't get in, and uh, we thought it would be a good idea to. Uh, revisit the face of Emmett Till Because uh, At that time we didn't know the lady Had confessed to lying It's been between 2012 And 2020 that She confessed to lying about uh, Emmett Till So And then another thing I'd like to point out There's a memorial uh, Of Emmett Till I'm not sure Exactly where it is, but people have tried to destroy it. They have vandalized. Yeah, I kind of heard something about uh, his memorial, Mm -hmm. and it's so sad that a young fourteen-year-old boy—he was fourteen years old. Yeah, he was. Okay, and they murdered him and threw him in the river. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I want—they came
1: to his house his uncle's house, right?
2: Yeah, they came to his house and took him and out. Him. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, they took him and they murdered him and not only, that's not all they did to him, but I mean, they did some awful things to him.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, and
2: uh, the idea that nobody was uh, they didn't put anybody in jail for it.
1: Yeah. Nobody was know? held responsible for that murder. Right. You know, and I heard they really did some Bad things to him. They mutilated his body. Yes, they you did. Know, and uh, his eye was gouged out and um, hanging out his head. And somebody said they even cut his head off. No, I don't think. They well, I don't. They cut, his, cut his throat or something. Well, they. You know. I don't
2: know. I mean, I didn't hear. So well, many they were supposed to his tongue out. His mouth.
1: Yeah, that I heard that
2: one too. But nevertheless, the idea. Just think. I, I had. Well, I, have, I had two sons. I have one mm-hmm. living. Right. And just the idea of somebody doing that to your child. Oh, a yeah. Child, this was not a man. This was a child. Yeah. and And they said that the
1: funeral director put his body back better than what it was when they discovered it. And, you know, it had to be in real bad shape, you know, when he did that. You know, he asked the mother, I heard now, this is my story that I get, that I don't think we should show this body to the public, you know, because it's in such bad shape, you know, mutilated. And she says, no, I want everybody to see what they did to my baby. Right. You know, and um, people saw that in the waves throughout the world, the United States, especially to our African-American community, what racism is all about and how devastating it can be to our people.
2: Well, I understand that Rosa Parks, uh, that uh, helped her decide to...
1: Make that decision?
2: uh, Get involved with with, uh, the uh, Civil Rights Movement.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard that, too. Uh,
2: It's so sad, not only, I mean, I heard, uh, I think I heard somebody say this is going on today, but our children are still being mutilated by racism.
1: All the time.
2: Right now in 2020. Yeah, for sure. Okay. If you're, uh, a lot of young boys are just being murdered for no reason at all, just because they're black. Just imagine a kid with a telephone getting shut down.
1: Because you know? he's on the phone, huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sad. Oh, yeah. It's sad. sad. And I think uh, people are worried about why we're divided. We're divided because of hate. That's the
1: self, self-hate, you know, and um, that's what we got to get away from that slave mentality. You know, when a slave master used to make you whip you, you know what I mean, and beating you, the house Negro and the field Negro, that division right there, you know, it still lives on today. A lot in our community, you know, light skin against the dark skin. I, I ran into a girl and I was I was talking to a la- a lady and she says, I don't date light-skinned guys. I mean, I, and I said to myself, why? You know, that's kind of the division that some of us in our culture carry on. And I understand here in America, we're like a bouquet of flowers. We're all shades and different colors and everything like that. And we got to get out of that mindset of the unity. Because maybe when you was coming up, you know, it was unity in the community. You knew that. You know, people would get together The village would serve It was a village, you know And everybody knew everybody Even in the barbershop next door They would come in there And all the men would be talking And the ladies uh, If Miss Miss Johnson was sick Somebody,
2: Miss Williams would bring a pot of greens And all that kind of stuff would take place Well, urban renewal changed that
1: Urban removal
2: Oh, okay But Mm -hmm. uh, we had community then Yeah And now uh, I live in a community. I live in Osage County, but it's in uh, Tulsa City. But uh, all of my neighbors, I don't know them. You don't even know your
1: neighbors anymore. I no don't. More.
2: Well, I used, cause I used to, because uh, I used to march <laughs> through uh, the march of dams, and I would knock on the doors, and I would know. That's people. how you would meet them. But huh? now I don't know uh, half the people that live in my neighborhood, and I don't bother them either. You know, but uh, when I was coming up. I came up during the time when people didn't lock their doors.
1: You didn't have to.
2: We didn't lock our doors. And people would come and uh we would sleep we could sleep our doors if we wanted to. Well we and of did but <laughs> I came up we didn't yeah. have air conditioning. and so the water old coolers. people well we didn't even have water coolers. Okay. They they okay. had ice what they called. you remember that ice man that used to live Mr uh, Mr. Grigsby. Right yeah, here. that center, yeah. uh so right yeah. uh uh-huh. I remember all that. But we had Ice boxes, not mm-hmm. refrigerators, ice and we boxes. had ice, okay, mm-hmm. and at night, and I'm telling my age i was I'm way, way way up there, but anyway uh people uh the old people would set our doors at night and they would have a little fire going to to get rid of mosquitoes. you know, I don't know exactly how they did it, but I don't know how we made it without air conditioning because now it's kind of like you just can't you can't you, you can't even
1: function huh? right
2: yeah right. i remember
1: now i was a little boy and when i was coming up we had water coolers you know and we would take the ice and put it in the water cooler to try to cool down you know and mm-hmm. you had to go out with the water hose and hose it down and that was the only way you could cool down and then the air conditioner came in and that was like wow you know, well,
2: I came the, during the time yeah. that they didn't have bathrooms.
1: Yeah, we had previous
2: out outhouses. Mm-hmm. and I was five years old mm-hmm. when we were able to get a, a indoor uh, toilet. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I remember that because my grandmother uh, and grandfather, A.C. Cato and and Gertrude Cato, uh, had an outhouse, and we would take a bath. We little boys take a bath in the number two tub out there on the right, back porch, right. you know what I mean? And me and my cousins get in there, you know, and that's the way it was, you know, and, you know, we grab that coffee can and do our business late at night. If we didn't want to go out to the outhouse and uh, you know, those were, those are good fun times though. Those were times that we didn't have as much as we have now and the convenience of toiletries and, you know, AC and stuff like that. But we had more morals and more standards and more, Respect for one another in our community
2: Well, actually, we had more love for one another Yeah, because, more love, right uh, As you were saying, if somebody was sick in the neighborhood The mothers would go and say about them mm-hmm. they, We didn't have to have babysitters People would uh, watch your kids while they were do us playing mm-hmm. And now we've separated We have more And um, I think it's better in a lot of ways And worse than others
1: yeah, so C- I can C- agree C- with C- you on that. I think the moral standards are at, at a low and I think the economic status as far as condition is probably at a better better status. You know, we got to we always say and my daddy always say that when we, sometimes when blacks get $2 past bus fare, you know what I mean? We think we got it going on. $2 past bus fare, we think we got it going on, but you gotta understand that if you got a degree, a master's degree, and you're African Americans, and you got this big job that's paying you good money, that's on the backs of blacks who came before you. You standing on you standing on the, on their shoulders, and if they hadn't carried you, and we wouldn't even be where we at right now. Think about it. You know, I want our listening audience to hear that, and so we should be obligated. To give back, it should be no question. I got to give back to my community and my people, and in regards of what the conditions are.
2: One of the things uh, when I was coming up, uh, most of the money stayed in the black neighborhood. We had grocery stores. We had we had everything practically we needed in North Tulsa because. Uh number one, South Tusle didn't want our money. Mm-mm. They didn't want us to come in and try on their clothes and so uh green black wall street greenwood uh right now, deep greenwood people are talking about Black Wall Street, but we had businesses from Archer to pine all the way all the way down That's true on both sides mm-hmm. of the street mm-hmm. when I was coming up. Mm-hmm. I caught the last end of that, you know.
1: Okay. The last end of when it went from Archer all the way down Greenwood, all the way down to pine where Big Ben McKinney's and them shop was down on the end down there and the funeral home and all that was on the Spans pool hall and Rick's theater was down on the end. And they always used to say, don't go down on deep Greenwood down there, Greenwood and Archer, you know, don't go down there. That's what they used to say. I was a little boy, so I don't know what that meant, but, uh Got a chance to experience that that right there, and then they tore all that down and ran a freeway through it
2: right
1: you know and then o u came o s u came down there and put big buildings and just they just destroyed your history they uh, like you said, urban renewal came down there and destroyed your history, and so the younger people didn't keep their grandfathers and them stores and And businesses, they didn't keep it, and so they're deteriorated and rotted on out. So they just, the city say, you know, when it gets to the point where it's inhabitable, where you can deal with it, they tore it down. Little at a time, tore it down, built some new houses over there, uh, you know, put names and labels on stuff. You know, Emancipation Park and Heritage Hills, and they put some names on it, iconic black men. You know, to try to pacify the community and the community didn't go to they didn't go to war behind it because that black Wall Street was something that wasn't talked about after it happened because they didn't want to tell my generation and and you guys generation about that massacre because they didn't want it to reoccur. They didn't want us to have to go
2: through that. Uh, I want to go back there, Mattia. Okay, yeah, let's get back to him, <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, we digress. we went somewhere else. I think, else. You I know think it, our history yeah. is, is great. I'd like to add uh, to what you were saying about Wall Street. I heard before OSU bought uh, property on uh, Greenwood that, uh, you know, they have the Williams Center that's 50 feet High. They have fifty stores in in the william Center. Yeah, I know. And when the sheiks, the all men came to Tulsa, they didn't want them to see those raggedy shacks back off on Greenwood, and so that was one of the reasons that it was helped, uh, uh you know, distru- not destroyed, but uh, it was eliminated. Dist- it was eliminated. It was destroyed. But, uh, Back to the face of Emmett Till I would like to mention the cast yeah, Even go ahead, though they are not here I'd like to honor them By saying that The part of Emmett Till will be played by Terrielle Galloway Sansa Ray Robbins Will be uh, Mamie Till And of course Almeed Stutz Is Mamie's mother And Miriam Mills Is a reporter Ron Freebird is uh one of the dirty uh white guys that uh you have to come to the show to see mm-hmm. all this, but I'm just mm-hmm. gonna mention his name. Tom Burnson uh will play one of the judges and Dion Berry will pay, play uh can you all think of what uh Dion is playing? Um uh, he's uh one of the uh civil rights movement people. Where's your script? Mm-hmm. Right there. Let me see that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's the and uh,
2: stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dion is playing uh, Roy Wilkins and Bishop Ford. Oh, okay. And of course, uh, Moses Wright is being played by Maurice Walker. And Willie Reed and A.A. A. Rayner is being played by Ibram Bayards. And Terry Michael is playing uh, John Whitton, a police chief. And then we have Ross Stacy playing Roy Bright, uh, the husband of the woman that lied on. Uh. Carolyn Bright is being played by Lindsay Bills. And Rob Lee is playing uh, Henry mm-hmm. Spearman. And Maurice Walker is playing Maurice uh in no yeah. No, not Maurice Walker, I'm sorry. Uh Alex Sales is playing Maurice. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh Alex Sales is playing Maurice who is a cousin of Emmett and also one of the whiskers. And um I think that's everybody no,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Nick Buster is playing um, Gerald Chapman. Uh, and and that's the cast of the play. We have okay.
1: fifteen
2: uh characters in the play.
1: Fifteen,
7: huh? Fifteen, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> that's good. That's good. That's
1: good. Well, look here. We're gonna take a short pause for the calls. You know, you're listening on w dot for slash com. Uh. W. W Funk, also KBOB, the all-new KBOB, 89.9 FM, you know, and we give you news you can use, and we tell our stories our way, so we want you to participate, and uh, we'll be right back, stick around. I said stick around, but, you know, hold on. Let me get back to me. All right. We'll be right back.
10: It's the Juice Radio Show. Bringing the liveest people on our show. Tulsa's top show. Music, Music artists and entrepreneurs sit down exclusively with the shoes. you Juice. rocking with the best. The Juice Radio Show, Tulsa. I might
7: as well drop a, drop a little something on your whole Belly level.
10: Bass. Belly there, Messy Mika. Sunshine. Sunshine. Kendall Lopez, Oakman, and DJ Perfecto.
0: Yep, that's
10: my crew. Wake, wake, wake up, wake up, every morning with your morning crew from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the all-new 89.9 FM community radio. Who is that? KBOB. Oh,
0: yeah.
8: Searching for ways to grow your business, or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community, the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start.
10: It's the Two Dogs Radio Show. Sports Talk has two new voices, Jerome and Young, talking NFL, NBA, NCAA, and local sports, highlighting legendary coaches locally and around the globe. Two Dogs Radio Show. Start.
7: I might as well drop a, drop a little something on your whole belly down.
10: Messy Mika, Sunshine, Sunshine, Sunshine. Nando Lopez, Lopez Oakman, and DJ Perfecto. Yep,
0: that's my crew. Wake, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up every
10: morning with your morning crew from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On the all-new 89.9 FM community radio. Who's
0: that? JBOB. Oh, Yeah.
10: let's do it tune into the groove zone join dale mr groove taylor every saturday from 2 30 to 5:30. You're, you're, you're in the zone on the all new community radio 89.9 fm
1: oh yeah we're back hey on the kbob well let me stop something that happened right here let me just stop that okay You know, we're not formal over here. We make mistakes. We do this and that. We split verbs. You know what I mean? It's just black-on-black community radio. And when you come over here, we want you to be comfortable and not be all stressed out. Take your shoes off. You can do that over here and uh, get comfortable. This is a community radio station for our community to have a voice. So I need for you guys to support us, help build a brand, come over, volunteer, donate. Do something. You know, I'm always telling people, I say we need to invest in our community and you can do that uh, by, you know, mentoring a, a single parent mom who has a son. Take a couple hours out of your week or something like that to go by there. A senior citizen who may need her her lawn cut, you know, guys, get a lawnmower, just cut it. You know, it ain't gonna take you nothing but an hour or so to cut that grass. You know, and just invest. You know, we got to get back to helping each other and not always being about I got to get paid to do this. I got to get paid to do that. You know, you can just take a couple hours out of your week just to help better your community. Get together, guys, and, you know, go paint up a house one day. You know, just take some, make put the barbecue grill out there and a bunch of fellas and paint up Miss Williams' home or something. You know, uh, ladies, go on the inside and vacuum and clean up and help her out. She'll be proud of you when you help our seniors and our children, you know, when you invest and you'll feel good about yourself too because you've invested and that's what we need to get back to doing is investing into our community. Well, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show and this is where we tell our stories our way. The face of Emmett Till with the cast from Theater North. They're in the building and uh, Maybell. So What's going to be – what do you think – I know we're talking about Emmett Teal. What, you got something you want to say? Yeah.
2: Yes, I do want to uh, mention our sponsors. Yeah, the sponsors. Because Go ahead. without the sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do this. It costs a lot of money to do this show. Yeah, it does. In fact, it costs a lot of money to uh, do all our shows that we do at the PAC. However, uh, the Oklahoma Arts Council and uh, the National Endowment for the Arts the Arts and Humanities Council of Tulsa, the Arts Alliance of Tulsa, and the Tulsa Performing Arts Center Trust Authority, as well as the George Kaiser Family Foundation. Now, without these people backing us up, we wouldn't be able to bring uh, theater to our community. And tickets are available at www.TulsaPAC.com, or you may call 918-596-7111. And uh, we thank our sponsors for continuing to support Theater North. And we've been a community theater uh, ever since 1977, so that's 43 years mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we've been working Uh in our community.
1: Yeah, you guys have been doing it for a long time, you know. Even when
2: I was away from Tulsa, uh,
1: you guys are doing it and um it's you to be commended for all the plays and all the investment that you've put into the community to do this right here. So you guys right here, cast members, what are you getting out of doing this play? And what is something that you that that is making you feel a certain way of some awareness or anything? Yeah. Well,
6: as Mrs. Wallace pointed out earlier, again, things are still going on, unfortunately, but again, so we still need to keep it out there, keep the word out there, and let these young black males know again, you're still at risk, you're still in danger, even though Emmett Till, this happened way back in the 50s, some of these things are still going on and still happening, and mothers need to know too as well, everybody needs to know about it, so I guess, again, like the idea of being a part of something that's putting it out there and this With this venue.
5: Mm -hmm. You know, if I could add to that, I think um, for me personally, I've studied history. In fact, when I was in school, I was a social studies history major and and taught history for a number of years. And I think uh, the thing that really grabs me is the part that this whole Emmett Till saga plays in the history of the United States. In fact, it was, among many other incidents, kind of a a linchpin. Of of our civil rights movement, and there were many that, that was a springboard to um, you know protest and to awareness and those kinds of things about civil rights in this country. I think uh, when I was a seven year old boy, I can remember very clearly Jet magazine having the face of Emmett's body in that casket, and that was the talk of the community. Um, how could somebody? It's just what I was saying a little earlier. How could somebody be so, so gutless and so full of hate that they would do this to a 14-year-old child? And I think it goes back to a problem that we dealt with in this country for a long time, and that is um, what some would say, particularly in the uh, white community, the sanctity of white women and the fact that they were so precious and they were so valuable that I dare – you as a black man to even think or even have any any type of motion towards them in that way. There's a line in the play, and again, we encourage all of your audience to come out and see this, but there's a line in the play where Carolyn, the lady who was very much responsible for sitting this whole thing in the, in the place, talks about how he put his nasty hands. I'm talking about Emmett here, how he put his nasty hands. And she's very demonstrative as she's going down parts of her body and this kind of thing, which I don't think any of it was true, quite honestly.
1: It was a big lie. Yes,
5: it was. But again, going back to the sanctity of white womanhood, you know, and I've said many times, wouldn't it be wonderful if we as brothers in our community really held our women up to a higher standard? like they held their women. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not talking about to the point of breaking laws, killing people and that kind of thing, but I think
1: the the moral standards. Yes,
5: exactly. And we don't do that. Um, And I, I don't want to venture too far away from this, but we've gone into a situation now where in the entertainment community, it's very commonplace to our women to be called and women to accept the fact, the B word. Oh, for sure. The H word. It's
1: a term of endowment. It, it really is. You know, so they use it, yes. yeah, just yes. like it's endearment. That's what I meant. Yes. They use it just so common that, you know, it's no big deal. Yes. And like you were saying earlier,
5: there was an earlier time, I can remember in my life, where our sisters were the queens of the universe.
1: Right, exactly.
5: They were the mothers of Africa, and we looked at them like that. We've gotten away from that. And quite frankly, I think because we've gotten away from it, they have gotten away from seeing themselves as queens Mm -hmm. as well. So I think that's a negative side of what this play presents. I'm going to tell you, this sister the She is so dynamic in this play. In this courtroom scene, as she mentioned a little earlier, that in itself is worth the price of admission Mm -hmm. when she's on that witness stand and she's being absolutely drilled by by the defense attorney. And even – a certain part there where the uh, prosecuting attorney, that is the attorney for the state who's supposed to represent the people, how he fires her up in a negative way. But this sister is so strong, and she stands tall, and she stands tough, and she really exemplifies the epitome of what our women are, can be, and have been. So, again, I think all of that is certainly worth the price of admission. But I think from a, just from a historical point, this, um, this old play has touched me in a very,
1: very powerful oh, way. Oh, great, great. Miss Stutz, how has it touched you?
4: In a positive way also. And I would encourage people to come out to see this and bring their children, not the real small one, but especially the teenager, so they can look at a part of history that maybe they're not aware of. And in talking to some young men and women, I find that some of them, you know, never heard of MIT or never read about it, never saw it in the news or anything. And I'm encouraging them to come out and see this so they can see a part of history that maybe that would touch their lives so that they would be able to move forward and become, you know, successful citizens.
1: That is so important, you know, so they need to. So maybe I'll tell us again. Dates, times, places All that good stuff
2: March the 1st And 8th At 3 o'clock p.m. In the Liddy Dungeons Theater At Tulsa Performing Arts Center And March the 7th At 8 o'clock p.m. We have two Sundays Matinees and one night performance uh, The Saturday night March the 7th Mm -hmm. And you can purchase your tickets At www.tulsapac.com or 918-596-7111 and I encourage you to get your tickets early because we are going to sell out this performance
1: it's going to sell out
2: I already know the
1: minute I heard Emmett Till the face of Emmett Till I said oh that's a good one it's going to It's going to go, especially, you know, at the end of Black History Month, and you're going to have a lot of people um, trying to get in there, you know, to see that play. And uh, it's going to be real good. Now, I heard that, and I'm not trying to get away from the play, but you got a play coming up called Greenwood, maybe?
2: Yes. Greenwood.
1: Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah, that should be a good one uh, too And Greenwood
2: is a play that was written by Dr. Rodnell Clark
1: He created that play
2: And also, it's part of a trilogy Uh, We did The Griffins in May uh, last year And uh, Greenwood is uh, part of the trilogy And then Girly Greenwood uh, is also uh, a part of the trilogy But uh, the uh, play in May uh Greenwood it's about uh people uh living on Greenwood
1: mm-hmm. living on Greenwood okay
2: uh a lot of times uh when people talk about uh Greenwood they are talking about the massacre yeah. or the race riot they never talk about
3: what uh, half other stuff that happened. but
2: individual yeah uh it's about people living on Greenwood a family a family of people Now, I can't tell you the name of the family. We had one family with the Griffins. This is not the Griffins. This is another entire different family. You know, I don't know how many uh, black people uh, lived during that period of time in 1921, but I think most of uh, the community lived between uh, Archer and Pine, and greenwood and elgin i think as far as i think it may not have gone i think it went to elgin the black community because i don't think we had that many black people yeah Tulsa during that time but i do remember when you went past pine they would call it the addition not addition you know we have a we had the Greenwood Edition, the mm-hmm. Yeah, right uh, Roberts Edition, the, Right, different editions. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would uh call it the edition when it went farther and it was mostly farmland, uh, back off during that period.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, you know, as a little as a young boy coming up, the Charles S. Johnson school, the brickyard, all of that.
2: Well, we had King to King Park, King Park, and mm-hmm. all of that. To, uh, go across the brickyard in order to get to school. Right, right exactly. We well, we mm-hmm. had a hill, and I guess the hill would probably be where they have OSU.
1: Yeah, that's where uh, Pig Leg Bates was up there firing up them white folks.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, he
1: was up there with a machine gun, oh, and really? he was he was he was knocking them down.
2: Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. But yeah. I one
1: know one that. one leg you know, and he was up there with his machine gun.
2: I thought he was a dancer. He That's may Peg, have been.
5: That was Peg Led Bates, I think you're talking about there. This this guy here yeah. with the machine, machine gun. They're different people. though.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, okay.
2: Yeah, well, whoever
1: they yeah. was up there pigging them down, you know, doing the massacre.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we had to go across the hill to get the, the Book of Washington. I went to Book of mm-hmm. Washington High School. The original. Yeah, and elementary school, and we had to uh, go... Uh, we walk over a hill mm-hmm. uh, to get to school.
1: Well, schools were so much unified back in discipline back in those days, weren't they?
2: Well, during my time, I finished in nineteen forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Before yeah, most before of the I people was born. were born. Yeah. Uh, I didn't come the along until fifty-four. Were able to whip kids. I mean, they were uh, disciplined. They were disciplined with you with uh, a ruler. Or a paddle. I mean, you know, they would hit you in your hand. And I had one teacher, my art um, uh, teacher. She would pinch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Teaching that pinch to too. You know, but uh, the teachers—they didn't—they didn't. You wouldn't dare do talk back to a teacher like kids mm-hmm. today.
10: Oh, they could uh, see
2: uh, they oh, you out no, today. No no, no. You would do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: They wouldn't stand for it.
1: Yeah. I remember, you know, and,
2: and even in
1: my generation, you still had some discipline. I mean, the teachers, like you say, would grab your ear, take you out there and tighten you up in the hallway, you know, and tell your daddy and tell your mama, your grandpa and everybody else when they seen you. When they seen them, they tell them, you know, you'd be nervous. You'd be like, I hope he don't tell my daddy. I hope you don't, you know what I mean? I hope he don't tell my mama. You know, they, you know teachers, but they eventually tell them.
2: Well, people, uh, young kids had more respect uh, during that time. And, of course, I wasn't here in 1921, but uh, during the uh, time that I was uh, being raised, uh, children respected everybody. Most of the children did. Because if you did something wrong in the community, the old ladies just sit on the porch, because most of the... uh, uh, people during my time, a lot of women stayed at home. They they were housewives. Uh, some of them uh, were, did maid work, but most of the mothers were at home, and the fathers worked. They had they did they were laborers. They didn't have uh, great jobs. I don't think we had but two postmen. During the time I was coming, a yeah. black postman, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there were a lot of entrepreneurs on Greenwood People had grocery stores And I live where uh, there was a Carroll grocery across the street from us And then down a block from Carroll's grocery was uh, Jared's grocery Wow and Then there was the Emerson Hotel mm-hmm. next to the Rex Theater Right And now we don't even have a grocery store in our neighborhood Period you know, we talk a lot
1: about Greenwood. We discuss Greenwood all the time and the massacre at Greenwood. But you know, we have a forgotten street that we never discussed, which was Lansing. You know, we never talk about uh the economic growth that was on Lansing, the Regal Theater and uh you know, barbershops and pool halls and all that, which the was Regal on Lansing.
2: Theater, I hate to, I, I'm sorry to tell you, unless it moved.
1: It did move on uh, Lansing over there. It, turned it, it
2: started down. It started on Greenwood. It started down there in, like a barn. Right, right. Uh, I think.
1: It eventually moved to uh, Lansing because I went roller skating up in okay. there. <laughs> okay. You know, so it moved. And some of the businesses did move over there on Lansing, but Lansing was thriving. Not had, in 1921. Though. Well, not I'm saying just in general. Later. Yeah, okay. yeah, later. It was okay. one of the streets that was, now it's all industrial. Everything's right, been torn right, down right. there. Because my Uncle Prentice Thompson and them had a barber shop and a pool hall. And uh, there was a hotel down there on Lansing. I forgot the name of it. Ice cream parlors and all that on Lansing.
2: Well, Thompson had yeah. a bill uh, on Greenwood.
1: Yeah, I know. You know, right
2: mm-hmm. next to, uh, to the Rex eight. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Right next to this, that was Spans. That's before the pool hall. You remember Spans Pool Hall? I've heard about. Right it. next to the Rex, right there, which Uncle
2: Prentice and him had first. I didn't. Know. I didn't know it was Spans. I thought yeah, it was Spans.
1: Thompson. It was Spans. It turned into Spans. Oh, okay. You know, okay. They got rid of and he, Mister Spans, took over that coop because okay. my grandpa. Joe Eaton would go down there every Monday on his off day at the barbershop and shoot pool. That was his regular thing to do. You could always find him down there beating up on everybody. You know, he was good at it, you know. So I tried to shoot him and couldn't do it. My daddy couldn't do it. Nobody, (laughs) nobody couldn't do it. My grandpa, Uncle Joe, he had a big old cigar and he'd be smoking that big old cigar and shooting pool and beating everybody in there. I said, man, we should have been gambling. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just talking but that was Some of the um, History and stuff you know That sometimes we don't know Nothing about until you mention it You know until you mention it Greenwood it would be
2: good yeah. since they're uh, Going to revise They have a commemoration Going to have a commemoration of Greenwood It would be nice to see what was there if we uh, someone would build a replica or something to show on Greenwood? All the buildings. Mm-hmm. No, not on not necessarily on Greenwood, but they could have they're gonna have a museum in green on Greenwood. Yeah, I
1: know next to the cultural
2: center right there. Gonna, oh, really? They're gonna build
1: a museum
2: like well, that. It would be wonderful. They got you, funds for that. It would show the different buildings, the flower shops, the uh. The, they had hotels. They had rooming houses. They had. You know, if people have people have captured uh,
1: that through photos and stuff, they need to submit those photos and stuff. You know, we can make copies of them. You know, you don't have to just turn them over. We can just take photogenic uh, copies of all of that. And you can keep the original. You know, And you can come by here at 1533 North Norfolk because we have a project going on in the barbershop. We're going to renovate the barbershop next door because it's where the civil rights movement for North Tulsa started uh, with uh, Homer Johnson and and Don Ross, Bernard McIntyre, Ray Freeman, and all of them were gathering. My dad, they were gathering in a barbershop, and they went out into the community and protested against like Borden's Cafeteria, which was up in Northland, and they didn't allow blacks to come in there and eat and stuff, so they went in there and got locked up and stuff. So we're going gonna to remodel the barbershop, and we're going to open it up to the public, and we're going to put all these iconic black men and women who were here back during the struggle, put their pictures up in there, and the public can come in and that's great. just see all this history, Brilliant. you know, and that's the, that's the vision. It's going to happen. And I want to do that in honor of my grandfather, Joe Eaton, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be sitting here right now. You know, so I have to give back. So we're going to do that museum. Yeah.
2: Don't forget Minnie. Huh? Oh, yeah. Minnie. Minnie. Oh, yeah. Don't Minnie. forget Minnie. Minnie was, uh, Minnie was yeah. Joe's mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnie. And the reason I say mm-hmm. that is because uh, Joe Eaton uh, was one of our family members. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was one of our family member.
1: Great entrepreneurial black guy. He taught me a lot. You know, I'm the oldest grandchild of the Eaton family. And he taught my grandpa taught taught me a lot along with my dad, you know, but I, I learned a lot from grandpa, you know, about doing. And that's the reason we're here. This building is a duplex. Right. And he built that for him over there, the barbershop. This side was for family. Somebody who wanted to open up a business or something. Yeah. When it wasn't occupied you can come. It's been a boutique shop With Karen them, you know, lips and tips And yeah. it's been several businesses Throughout the years So I come back, I've been back four years Come
2: back And decided to
1: do this For us We well, thank you Yeah, for us
2: you Well know. you had two uncles that uh, I think
1: one uncle to cut hair, yeah, and uh, one Jerry. uncle Uncle Jerry cut hair along with my dad and my right, grandpa right. in the barbershop, and Uncle right. Joe is out in California. Right, yeah, he's he's out there. So it was good, good situation, but uh, you know, this Emmett Till story is so iconic, and so I think it's going to be the hit of the year. Maybe Greenwood, I don't know. You know, whatever y'all come up with but Well, I,
2: I, I should I, mention you know. that this show Is in competition This is going to be one of the Tate Award uh, uh, uh Tuff Award for uh, Excellence in theater mm-hmm. um, So we're competing I don't know whether the cast knew it or not mm-hmm. But uh, I let the cat out the bag <laughs> You're competing with other community theaters To win a prize And we won in 2000 Eighteen, uh, the prize is $10,000 wow. best play uh, and we were so happy because uh, we had been working and well we hadn't entered every uh, year but that $10,000 which really helped us because we was really in need mm-hmm. because sometimes you can do a play and you can end up on the PAC four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know what I mean, right? Now we did a play, and we had we had a play that was a good show, but we didn't have people to come buy tickets.
1: And that's important,
2: right? Because you can't do free theater, you know. And we went in the hole so bad that we ended up having to pay the Tulsa Performing Arts Center four thousand dollars just. You know, uh, we owe them because we didn't make but a thousand dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to do well on this one, though.
2: Hopefully, yeah. we will. We'll I believe we're going to sell out. Mm-hmm. I said we were. Yeah. But what
5: is the uh, seating capacity for the PAC? Two hundred
2: and one. Two hundred one. So we have six hundred and three seats available mm-hmm. uh, for the show. However, uh, the PAC they they hold. Seats because that is part of the contract. They can hold eight seats if they want to out of the two hundred and one. But uh, if we can get a hundred and fifty each night, would be great. That would be that would have pay for the show.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen. I really do.
6: I think well, I it. think
5: you know with shows like yours, by and, and you know I know Miss Struts. I visited her uh, restaurant the other night and. They've got flyers and posters up and other businesses in the community certainly would encourage all of our businesses on this end of town, elsewhere in the city, to um to, you know, just make it known what we're doing and hopefully we can do this. Um, Black Theater is extremely important in our community. Most definitely it's extremely important. And this is one of those venues where I think it's it's very important to pass on to our young people this heritage that we have of being And we can do more than just shake our butts and expose our bodies and those kinds of Mm -hmm. things, but having Mm -hmm. something that's really quality that we can present in in this place as an example, something from a historical uh, basis. Right, right.
2: Well, I've heard people say, well, why do you need a black theater? Well, we need a black theater so we can tell our stories our way. Uh, That's my saying right there. We tell our stories our way.
1: Mm-hmm. Then we can control the narrative. Can, when yeah, or you can that. do what oh. you want to do, yes. you know. And that's why, you know, I just love being over here because I'm not up under any kind of regulations of anybody telling me, Bobby, you can't say this, Bobby you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, only only person that can tell me that is my grandpa and he's no longer here and my dad, you know, so uh I don't get no friction out of him. He loves it, yeah. you know, so uh, when you have your own You can do your own I play, pay electric, water, and gas over here That's the only that's thing I have to Report to white people for You know, just good for that <laughs> We're going to take a little break And we're going to come right back And continue on our conversation About the face of Emmett Till Okay, that's what we're going to do So you guys, stick around We'll be right back
3: Theater North presents the face of Emmett Till Directed by Dr. Rodney L. Clark At the Tulsa Performing Arts Center at the Liddy Dungeons Theater, March 1st and 8th, 2020 at 3 p.m. and March 7th, 2020 at 8 p.m. This is his story told by his mother's words. Visit our website right now at www.tulsapac.com or call 918-596-7111. This is a story that you don't want to miss. The Face of Emmett Hill, directed by Dr. Rodney L. Clark. Be there.
9: The Developmental Morning Show 719 Night Live presents the legendary legendary R&B group surfing. 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 surfing You can
0: make me happy
9: The resurface Tour, one night only Saturday, February 22nd Stay. at the Greenwood Cultural Center Starring Surfing, Saturday, at Center. Starring surfing. live at concerts Stay. 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 Also, special guest, Jazz Sensation, Tony Exome Jr., plus it's all hosted by comedian Casey Mack. But, girl, you're much too much for me. The Resurface Tour, starring Surface Live. Tickets are on sale now at Eventbrite.com, The Greenwood Cultural Center, A1 Beauty Supply, and Taji Wig Boutique. Doors open at 8 p.m. And the show starts at 9. Then, right after the concert, the Morning Show kickoff party, so don't miss it. For VIP tables and more info, call 918-902-0381, or visit www.ValleyvilleMorningShow.com. Let's do it! Tune into the Groove Zone. Join
10: Dale, Mr. Groove Tape, every Saturday from 2.30 to 5.30. You're, you're, in, the you're in the zone. On the all-new community radio, 89.9 FM. Go Big, the home of the Bobby Eaton Show, the Juice Radio Show, and Two Dogs Radio Show.
3: I do it big, okay. You better R-E-S-P-E-C-T me.
10: Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stay connected and call us now at 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live.
3: If your credit starts with a 3, 4, 5, or 6, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the credit Shiro at 832 642
7: I might as well drop a
10: drop a little something on your whole life. Belly Bell, Messy Mika, Sunshine, Sunshine, Sunshine Randall, Randall Lopez, Lopez Oakman, and DJ Perfecto. Yep,
0: that's my crew.
10: Hey. Wake, wake, wake up, wake up, wake up. every morning with your morning crew from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on
1: the all-new 89.9 FM community radio. Who is
0: that?
10: J-B-O-B. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, it's the Belly veil Bell Morning Show. Hey, you want to tune in? seven to nine a.m. in the in the morning get up and get your laugh on get yourself going you know those cats and ladies are just really funny but they give some great information also you know about the billyville has a soy program which save our youth you know dealing with abused children and things like that but they got they have fun on there, a lot of laughter and that's what we need more in our community is some laughter and some fun and um some things like that. Sometimes some of us are so stressed out and oppressed and depressed that we we don't know how to have no fun. You don't know what fun is. You're not used to having fun. So you, you stay in a depressed state of mind. And a lot of times we uh, hide behind the alcohol and the drugs, which systematically we don't manufacture. Mm-hmm. It comes into our neighborhoods through the system. Um, and you know we get hung up on that type of uh stuff you know and incarceration and things like that in our community uh is is a thing just as well so that's what happens so we want you guys to uh be aware of this stuff and this knowledge and stuff that comes forth okay Yes. great Looks
2: like we have another one of our cast
1: members That just came in okay he could take a take a seat with someone I don't know which one
2: yeah, right. just
1: grab a stool right there and um, get involved in there and who do we have right okay. here my
7: name
1: is get close to the microphone that's what you got to do gotcha. gotta my get close yeah. turn it sideways wait do you, you, you're doing too much do you're doing too much turn okay. around ego right. now get, just get close to the microphone right. and ooh, what's your name
3: my name's Lex Let's, sales. I'm let playing Maurice sales. in the play
1: Maurice, he's the one to play Maurice, so tell us about your character,
3: so I guess I'm the one that kind of gets uh, Emmett in trouble, so I dare him oh, you help. get him,
1: so you like his uh Emmett's uh cousin or something
3: I'm his cousin older cousin older older
1: cousin, so you're the one that talks, man, you won't go yeah. over there and
3: say nothing Dare huh? him to
1: yeah dare something. him to do what he yeah. do, huh yeah, okay, okay, all right, all right, 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 well, good, glad you can make it, you yeah. know. And uh, we've been talking about it. And how do you feel about the part that you're playing and uh, what's going on with you?
3: Well, just think, thinking about the role is, um, you know, if he wouldn't have dared him to do that, would we be talking about Emmett Till, would he still be living? You know, that's one of the things because Emmett, you know, he wasn't that kind of guy to do anything like that. So, um, but if the dare wasn't did in it, place. Did
1: they challenge him? Is that what it is? Yeah, it was pretty so much a much big like challenge, I, huh? It
3: was the dare, like, you know. Yeah. I dare you to go in there and talk to that white lady. And
6: -hmm. so, if
3: it wasn't for that, would we be talking about? Would we be talking about it until? That's the question that came to mind. Yeah,
1: Well, hey, glad to have you, man, and glad to have the staff and you know everybody, so you can get a good perspective of this great play that's taking place on March the first. What time? Three. Is that what it is? Yes,
2: it will be three o'clock, March the first, as well as March the eighth. Uh At three, two matinees at three, Mm -hmm. March the 1st and 8th. And then uh, one night performance uh, March the 7th at the Liddy Dunges Theater. Okay. The Tulsa Performing Arts Center. And uh, Alex is. Uh, uh this is he will be making his debut. His debut, okay. As well as Maurice. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, to,
1: I like to see black men get involved in things and do things, conscious stuff right. that makes a difference in our community amongst our people and things like that. So whenever I see that I get excited about, you know, our people. You being a principal out at I mean a principal out assistant principal, right? And at McLean. Like yes. You see a lot of Uh, things going on with young people. You know, I've been out to McLean, talked to the principal. I've had her on my show before (laughs) and I've walked some of the halls and seen how some of the things are going on with young people. What do you think we need to do with our young to get them conscious and get them to really realize and love themselves?
5: You know, that's a, that's a big question. I've been in this business for 45 years and, And then from the time I started in 1971 until now, I've seen this whole education sphere change drastically. I think one of the biggest issues, um, Mm -hmm. to get straight to the chase, is is that there's a major lack of parental involvement with our children for a bunch of different reasons. Um, You know, our parents, many times, and again, I, I base this on experience, so I think my body of work has has a little credibility here, but many times our parents, quite frankly, are so caught up in their own lives, and they're so concerned about their own selves. And I'm not talking about just putting food on the table. I'm talking about, in many cases, getting their groove on, Mm -hmm. doing things. So they're
1: becoming self-inflicted about It's all about me, me, me. Absolutely. And not about we, we, we. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely,
5: and that that's a killer for us. And when we couple that with what we were talking about a little earlier, the the lack of respect um, they're not taught it. No, they really aren't. They are not taught it. It has gone out the window in many cases. Very much unlike the way we were raised. Now, Lex is a little younger than most of us here, <laughs> but but again, even with it his, his generation coming through, it's um it's a it's just a totally different ball game right. now. Our children will show up. They really don't know how to play school. We understood what school was right. when we went to school. Mm-hmm. We understood what we were there for. I equated many times to going to church. When we go to church, we know why we're going to church. Right. We're going to pray. We're going to worship, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Our youngsters, for the most part, these days are coming to school for the social socialization aspect of it. That's right. It is. Is I was talking with my wife about this this morning. It is very troubling to me. The students will walk into our school having no pencil, no, no paper, no, book, no. no paper, or nothing. And we, as educators, are crippling them because what we do is provide them with a new pencil every single day. Enabling. And we just enable them. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the same youngsters, and I understand the poverty piece, how it works into this. Mm-hmm. But these youngsters are coming to school with expensive shoes on that none of us would have dared thought of wearing. Mm -hmm. When we were children, they're coming to school clothes, the expensive cell phones, all of those things that do nothing to contribute to their education, do nothing to contribute to the knowledge in their minds. So but our parents are doing this. Mm -hmm. We couple that with there's a very our youngsters really do not know how to articulate the spoken word. Mm -hmm. I mean, just about every third or fourth word. And I don't mean to be ugly, but I say this. From experience, I've been there, and I'm in the trenches every day. The the language, the profanity, the, the, the lack of focus, all of those are, are a problem, and that goes back to the parents. Now, the problem doesn't stop there. The problem is also with us as educators. I think the expectation level is so low now right. among many of us educators that we'll use the area where I'm at. And, again, there are people that I work under and work with, uh, certainly who are above me, who would have issues with this. But I've got skins on the wall, and I'm 69 years old, so I feel very comfortable in saying the things that I say because I'm not threatened
6: right. by,
5: you know, anybody right, exactly. sn- snatching my job right, away from right. me. But, yeah. you know, we make too many excuses for our young people.
0: Right. We you do. Know,
5: we, we say that, well, you know, they're growing up in poverty. They're growing up in dysfunctional homes. Well, guess right. what? Many of us grew up in that's poverty, mm-hmm. but we were taught, all of us were, that the way that you get out of that is through what? Education. And we bought that. We believe that. But now we, we are away from that. It's all about, you know, this, this
1: self-empowerment. Self and self empowerment. It, it,
5: it really is. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that's a big part. If we could get our parents involved, and if we could have higher expectations, yes. and then if we could put the resources. Well,
1: the parents to have so. to be educated. First, yes. to know how to engage their children, to give them the the, the moral respect yes. and the knowledge, right. just like your mom and them did mm-hmm. you. Yes. You know what I mean? You, you didn't go up in the grown folks' conversations when they were talking. Mm-hmm. You had total respect. You went to bed at a decent time. But, you know, I understand that 2020, we got young people staying up all night long. Mm-hmm. They're on Snapchat, Netflix, mm-hmm. in chat rooms, Instagram, all night long. So when they wake up in the morning to come to school, they're tired and right. wore out. Right. You know, they can't comprehend. they laying on the desk. Yep. They ain't no, no pencil, no paper, no morning breakfast, yes. nothing to energize their bodies and their minds. And the parents really don't care. And then when they get in trouble at the school, I guess you could attest to this, and come up to the school, they want to cuss you there out. You, go. you know, and on a regular, basis. On a regular and basis. On and, basis. And, you know, it's like your fault because my son didn't do that. My daughter didn't do this. Yes. You know, so... It's structural, that's why I think that uh, our schools our schools are closing down over here in North Tulsa, and our uh we got a lot more private and charter schools starting to open up, you know, and the reason why they say if you're not building schools in your community, then your community's not growing. that's right. you don't have no schools, you don't have no kids, you know that's why hispanics. Overflowing in their communities with schools because they know what family is all right. about.
5: Absolutely. They
1: believe in family. And we've gotten so far away from families, you know, that we don't even know. I'm mad at my mama. I'm mad at my daddy. I don't talk to him. My sister, brother, me, and them, we ain't got no connection no more. We've gotten like that, you know, and that's systematically designed so you can have c- controversy within your people in your community. You know, you, you more tighter with Jojo over here than you are your own brother, That's right. who you live in the house with. You know, so we've gotten so far away from family. We don't know how to love no more. I asked some kids the other day, you know, I deal with a lot of youth. And I said, do y'all slow dance? <laughs> they start laughing. <laughs> what is that, Mr. Eaton? I said, well, when a, a guy asks a lady to get out on the floor and a slow song come mm-hmm. on and you slow dance. They started laughing at me. They thought that was funny.
5: Weird is the word. Weird, thing.
1: weird. Yes. It was like, no, we don't do none of that kind of stuff no more. So that means they don't touch. They don't know how to have that intimacy and that feeling and that dating process. of When, you know, I remember I used to have to sit up in the living room before I could take Susan out. And her daddy had to come talk to me. What's your agenda? What you getting ready to do? You know, I mean, what time? Where y'all going? Well, we going to the movies. You know, what time you gonna be back? Bring me a paper. You know what I mean? Whatever. That's what they would do, and you had to be back at that time.
5: And if I I could add to that, you make a very good point there. Um, Many of our youngsters come to us to our school never having any strong male figure in their life. That's true. They'll run into a brother like uh, Coach Randy Rutherford, as an example, who coaches our basketball team, or or um, Coach Philip Johnson, who's our athletic director at McLean, or myself. Who, Become the
1: mentor. Yes,
5: yes. Strong black men. And when we try to mentor these boys, they it's very difficult for them to handle it. That's right. Because most of them... A brown, unfortunately, female, yeah. sorry men and sorry men mm-hmm. who their parent, their mothers have exposed them to, who are not about doodly squat. That's true. And then they run into a real man. It is so difficult for them to, to embrace what a real man is talking mm-hmm. about, and um, and that that's another challenge. So, brothers like us uh, uh, here, they have difficulty. That's not all of them, of course, but far too many of them. And then when we look at the fact that. On our campus, 73% of our students come from single parent homes.
1: Mm-hmm. As opposed That's a big percentage. To, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge.
5: As opposed to yeah. when we were coming through, that figure was that down in the, the, the mid to the high 20s. Mm-hmm. That's a major difference. Big time. In, in terms of what we see with it, our young
1: people. I say that all the time. I, say, I tell, because I deal with youth all over the city, and I say there's a difference between malehood and manhood. Absolutely. That's a Big, anybody can be a male But yeah. can you be a man right. And being a man is being able to be Responsible, take care of your queens right. You know what I mean, take care of your queens And she, can she be a queen yes. You know, so you have to have That middle, like maybe and them Back in the day, they understood the word R-E-S-P-E-C-T Respect And people respected one another's positions In the neighborhood Now you got young guys, don't even know how to change A flat on a, on a car
10: they, they don't, don't have where the pay. skill sets, see
1: the system, the school took all the skill sets out of the school. You know, painting, uh, home economics, uh, all of that, mechanic shop and all that kind. They took all that out. So like you said, a woman grows up, she's got two boys she's trying to raise and the daddy's, oh sorry, daddy and he incarcerated incarcerated in the penitentiary, right. you know. So she raises those boys the best that she knows how. And then it's like he grows up to be a teenager. That's my little man. You didn't push, He got them latest Nikes on because I went out and put them on him. But he don't know how to be a man because he hasn't been taught. So when a person like yourself try to get with him, he's going to be resistant and not know because I'm going to talk to my mama about that. Here
6: they you
1: know. I'm my, mama. my mama said so-and-so. My mama say this. My mama say that. And when the guy gets, when his daddy gets out of the pen, he comes back to the community and he's a felon. He's in the he's in the community. He can't find no job. No no nothing. So he goes back to doing just what got him in there in the first place. Selling dope, selling drugs and alcohol or whatever he's doing. And then he get incarcerated again. So now his son go up I mean his son see him being that way. I wanna be like that too. My daddy hard. My daddy in the penitentiary. My daddy hard. And they that's like they look at that as a, a good thing, which is the worst right. thing that could happen to us as a people. Badge right of honor or something. Mm-hmm.
5: You're right on point, brother. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And you know, I see it, I I I try to build a community and build up the people so MTL, things like that won't continue to happen today, if I, you if, know.
5: If, if if I can say this, uh there's a part in the play and again, we encourage the listening audience to come out and support this effort. There's a part in the play where, um, where there's some dialogue between um, Emmett's mother and Mose Wright, the character that I play, and um, the character that Alma plays, and we're talking about Emmett's father. And Mamie has this part in her body where she's asked a question of who are you really trying to protect? And she knows immediately that Moses is talking about um, Emmett's father. And, and, and Mose tells tells um, uh, Manny that, you know, you got to let that thing go. But she still has some kind of thing going on in her heart about the way Emmett's father was. And, you know, he left the family. Well, actually, he went to war. But then that's a whole other story about some things that are going to come out in the play about uh, perhaps what. You know, what got him killed in the war, you know, and there's, there's some controversy about that. Encourage the p- folks to come out and hear that courtroom scene because there's some pretty strong stuff there. But we we got this situation where, again, Emmett's father was not available for him. And then his mother tried to do the best that she she could. And I think historically she did a very, very good job with it. Emmett was just a victim of the circumstances that were going on in this country in the mid 50s.
1: man. Well, for him to come from the north down to the south, yes. he was coming down there for a vacation or something. Yeah, two week vacation. Two week vacation with his people, yes. and the culture is a little bit different, you know. So and probably was, a little bit, a lot more freedom up north. Yes, and he, he than was told south. that he was told that
5: <laughs> these folks um, uh, doing the play gave him big time lessons on how you suppose supposed to act. When you're walking down the street, you see a white man, you get out the way. Right. You get off the sidewalk. You drop, drop your head. Yes, sir. No, sir. All of those things were covered. Emmett was told on that. But my boy Lex here, you know, he, he, the part that he plays is Maurice. Mm. He um, you know, was just daring him, like you said a little earlier. Right. And, you know, boys being boys and these young teenagers, you know. Right. And, you know, Emmett got caught up and unfortunately lost his life as a result of it. Mm. Down by the river. Yes. And literally... That's where ever, his body ended up down by the river,
2: do you ever remember children that tell you to take the ch- uh, knock the chip off the oh jungle? yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah well, yeah. it kind of reminds me of uh what uh Maurice was doing uh to Emmett uh daring him to do something right you know children uh uh kind of vicious in a way without even knowing it,
1: yeah yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunately kind of sad that we don't know because we haven't been educated not to do it. You know, and that's that's got something to do with it. If you taught a certain way and raised a certain way and you got some morals and some standards and your folks was just on top of you about everything because they want you to be the best you you can be, then you're going to go out here and you're not going to always participate in negativity. You may slide off to the side sometime, you know, get away from that once you get in college or something, you know what I mean, and get around, whoo, I'm free, you know what I mean? But for the most part, you're going to always come back to the morals and the standards. That's they true. will never leave you. It happened to me. I was taught a certain way, raised a certain way. But when I got away and got out in Hollywood, I just got book wild there for a minute, you know, and then I had to come back. You know, chasing girls, doing drugs—you know, everything was everything. But you, you'll come back if you got it in you. Right. And some of these kids don't have it in them exactly.
5: from the start, too.
1: from the beginning. They have no idea. It's like a wild horse in the pasture who bucks all the time. He just bucking and bucking and bucking. You can't do anything to him until you tame him and break him down right. to ride. Right. Other than that, he gonna just keep continue to buck. So. When we got a lot of them wild Broncos in our community, you know, because I I tell the news media that come in here, the Lori Fulbright's and all the Channel Sixes and Fox 23 people, all that that come through that door. I say it is a small minority of black people who are doing bad things. Mm -hmm. The majority of black people in our community are good people. The majority. But you guys don't never talk about the majority. You always want to focus in on it. somebody gets shot, somebody gets stabbed, some get broken into, some blah, 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 blah. That's all you report. And you throw that out there, live TV, all of this stuff, this negative stuff about us. You never say anything good. So that's why I got this platform right here. We talk about good stuff. You know, we talk about everything. And what can we do for the solution? In our community, what's the solution? What can we do? And that, what we can do is educate and and volunteer and be a part, support Emmett, the the face of Emmett Till. You know, get together and you know with you guys and not just do it one time, but continue to do it. See, we'll congregate uh, at a Terrence Crusher protest and stuff like that for two weeks, right. and then after two weeks is over, we we we'll go up to June's you know beauty supply protest for two weeks. And then we'll leave and go back to our comfort zones. But we got to stay in the fight because, like I said earlier, we're standing on the shoulders of other ones who stood in the fight. Mm -hmm. We may not always agree with the process because during the civil rights movement, there were the Black Panthers, SCLC, NAACP, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Everybody was for the same reason, even though they had different approaches. We got not to stop being selfish. We got to step out of our, our comfort zone like you guys are doing with the face of Emmett Till. Because you're stepping out of your comfort zone doing something like this. You know, it takes a lot. And I commend you guys for working because it, it can become emotional. It can become painful. It can become, uh, uh in, you know, invigorating just to, just to have you guys just, you know, it can it can be all of that, you know, when you do something like this.
5: I mean, if I I can say this, the other night in rehearsal, when um, Sansare was was going through the courtroom scene, I was touched in such a powerful way by that because you saw what this sister and this mother had to deal with. And the way these folks were coming at her on that witness stand, it was unbelievable. And she was so strong. Now, keeping in mind, she had lost her child. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, the worst thing that can happen to a parent is losing a child. And she had lost her child, and then they were trying to make up all kind of stuff. In fact, there was a couple of lines in the play where they, um, the, the the defense attorney was saying the boy wasn't even dead, that the boy that wasn't even in the teal. Oh he, wow! Yeah, fake news type stuff, you know? Fake news. Yeah, yeah. It, that you know he's up in Detroit somewhere hanging out with his granddaddy. This kind of thing. It was just a. She'd
6: be going through all that,
5: yeah, you know. she she had to go through all this, and his sister stood strong. Through all of this trauma mm-hmm. that they were throwing to us. It was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But it was an example of a very strong woman who had a very good support system mm-hmm. and uh, other members of the family who were standing by her mm-hmm. and then the character that I was playing was basically telling her, look, it's a big world out there. You got to let this boy get out there and mm-hmm. find out what the real mm-hmm. world is like. And then of course right. exactly. that came back on me because mm-hmm. I think, almost right, because that he was really the one to encourage the family to mm-hmm. let this boy go to Mighty Mississippi, right. and we know what happened. So he had to take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And he says in the play, "That's his worst nightmare," that and he had to apologize right there in the courtroom to um, to Mamie because he was the one that had promised mm-hmm. that I would not let this boy out of my sight,
1: mm-hmm. and he did that. Yeah, he did, the yes. he did it. Results, yes, did it. Miss Stutz playing. Uh... Mamie's mother right Yes. that's what you was now I know that had to be a challenging uh, point in your life right here to deal well I got to play her mother
4: very touching and to watch her perform you know you can't help but feel it you know it's like going from heart to heart and I put myself in that position this were my daughter you know how would I feel? And I do feel that because I have one daughter.
1: Wow. So you feel it? I feel it. Mm-hmm. And you got to be from able to. Huh?
4: She's from Mississippi.
1: You're from Mississippi.
4: Yes, I am. So
1: you had challenges coming up down in Mississippi in the south, I presume, because we had them up here. But you had, I know you had some. What part of Mississippi are you from?
4: A little small town, 20 miles west of Jackson, Mississippi,
1: Jackson. called Bolton. Bolton, Mississippi. Yes,
4: Bolton, Mississippi.
1: So did you have some of those challenges?
4: Oh, uh, A few, but not as many. I lived in a community where basically most of the blacks own their own property. And we own ours. Ours passed down to us from the civil rights, not civil rights, but the Civil War. Mm -hmm. My great-great-great-granddad Fought in the Civil War And when he came home He bought land from Which actually was his dad Who was white Mm -hmm. And that's how we became You know, we got the property And of course We still have that property In the family now And that is my concern Is to hold on to it Because too many much blood, sweat, and tears was put into that, and of course, with the younger people now, we have some of them saying, "Well, we're not going there to live anymore." And although they are still family members, they live on it. And you know, let's sell it, let's sell it, but sell it to somebody in the family. If no one in the family going to buy it, then it will not be sold. That's true. You know, you you're making
1: a good point because it's so often we give up and sell our property. You know, we just give it away and just sell it, you know, just for a couple of dollars. And then after a year or two, them them dollars is gone and we have nothing, Mm -hmm. you know. And so other ethnic groups can come into our community and they can see your grandma's old house run down, hole in the roof. And they look at it like, oh, yeah, let's get this project going. Go down to Home Depot. Next thing you know, they didn't restore your grandma's house while you moved out south. Or somewhere else paying the $1,000 a month rent, you
4: know, and you could put that $1,000 into your grandma's house, you know, so. But our policy is, as of now, that if it is sold, it would be sold to Someone a family, family member and never to another. Well, that's, that's what book. it's
1: all about. I yes. can see that. Keep it in the family. Yeah. We've kept our stuff in the family. You know, we have one of the only... Uh, Freestanding buildings of back in those days. And right here, where you're at right now, this is like, uh, for me, it's like historical because it's still standing and it's still operative and we're still using it. So, and we, we're not going to never try to give this away. You know, we just can't do it. It's going to be passed down through the generation. like my dad and them passing it down to me. Yes. You know, so I'm going to pass it down to my son, Trey and him. you know, and some of our other family members. They, you know, they're going to have it. I want Joe Eaton's name to live on forever, you know, so people to know about him, you know, so that's part of the legacy and the family, you know, so we got to hold on to what we got. You guys have a house right down the street, yeah, you know. We do. It, Victor and them was up in there and Skooky and everybody, and, you know, think about it, you know. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we're still there. You're still there. Mm-hmm. Still got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, but that's uh, about the north and the south. And Emmett Till came from the north, went down to the south, had a situation down there uh, in which he was, uh, you know, edged on, you know, to say some things and do some things, It's like a dare list of what's going on. So we got uh, the face of Emmett Till
2: once again. The face of Emmett Till will be presented March the first and 8th at 3 o'clock p.m. at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center. Also, March the 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. So, for tickets, call I mean, for tickets, uh, call six seven one one one, or you can go online, www.tulsapac.com Please come out and support the face of Emmett Till.
1: Wow, you know it's a trip. He was only fourteen years old, fourteen, and that's that's a trip within itself. You're fourteen years old and have to go through all of that stuff right there, you know that he went through. Yes, ma'am.
2: I would like to thank the cast that came out to help support uh, our efforts of getting uh, the, first, uh, the face of Edmund Till. Uh, to the public, and I want to thank each one of you.
6: Thank you, thank you, Mr. Eaton. Well, great, great. And I want to
2: thank,
0: thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for coming out on the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. We always have open arms for Theater North and anything that Maybell and Rodney are trying to do. Continue to do what you do. Get involved and recruit people to come on out. We need our own black theater company. It'd be nice to be able to just go there and. You know, plays and poetry and everything going on, you know, up in a black theater company, you know, located right here in Tulsa. So, support Theater North, you guys. Go by, make donations, get involved, and say, hey, how can I help? We want you to do that, okay? All right. We're taking donations here at Eaton Media Services, located at 1533 North, Norfolk. We got a bucket in here, so. Put a dollar, or two in the bucket and help. Okay, let me see and help us uh, raise money for our youth. I mean, it don't you know a couple of dollars don't kill you. You're gonna go out to Golden Corral and spend all of that money eating up. You can hit the bucket right here and come in 1533 North Norfolk. We really appreciate any kind of donations because you know blacks. You know, sometimes we get a little tiny hands when it comes to donating. You know, we don't want to donate. We want to receive, but we don't want to give a couple of dollars or something like that. But we need it over here. This is where we tell our stories our way. So we want you guys to tune in. And until the next time, have a good one.
0: inside Now she'll go her way and I'll go mine Tomorrow we'll meet the same place, the same time Me and Mrs. Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones Mrs. Jones got a, a thing going on. we gotta be extra careful, we can't afford to build our whole I wanna meet you and talk with you at the same place, the same cafe, the same time, and we're gonna Too much for the man. Too much for the man. He couldn't make it, so he's leaving the light. He's come to know.